This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Okay, back here on Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer. And yeah, that game sucked. Bucks 17, Saints 16. We are going to get into the live mailbag edition of this late night Saints pod. Um, and we're going to start with David Weil. Always here. Always appreciate it. Well, at least we can't blame the lack of turnovers this week. And yes, all season we're talking, hey, if the Saints only could get out of the cellar in the turnover department. Well, they won the turnover battle 2-0 this week. Found a way to lose. And it's, it is, it's, it's hard to put it on the defense because they were outstanding for 57 minutes, right? Like that's the frustrating thing is, you know, the defense – did everything you wanted it to for 57 goddamn minutes. And then it was like, it was like Tom Brady. He was like, yeah, you know what? Just kidding. <laughs> like, how does that happen? <laughs> That's so frustrating. Like, he didn't do anything like spectacular, right? Like the entire last drive, he didn't throw the ball more than eight yards down the field. Julio Jones made an incredible catch. Chris Godwin made a couple incredible catches. <sighs> they got a bad penalty and they overcame it. Like, oh my gosh, brutal. But yeah, the, the defense got their turnovers finally and uh, was not enough. Chevy V, poor coaching and no accountability is failing this team. Yeah. David Weil again. They played at the end of the game the way DA sounds in his presser after the game. They, they, it was very uninspired. I'll give you that much. Juan Morgan, I've seen a few people say this. Saints are historically the team that loses these types of games. This ain't new. And sure, you know, we want to go back to the 90s, uh, you know, maybe the early 2000s and say, sure, yeah, they're the team that loses this game. But, you know, the team that we can all remember vividly, the team that has been on the field for the last 15 years prior to 2021, they were the team that didn't lose this game. They were the team that won this game. And so that's what I'm talking about. But yeah, sure. If you want to go back to the paper bag days, yes, they lost this game all the time. And that's how it feels. You feel like you're right back in that situation. And that's not what anyone wants. <laughs> Jerry, eliminated from playoff contention. I'm not going to argue with you. There's math. I'm not going to talk about it. That's my new rule. Greg Mathis is a long one. I have to come up here. Slant pass call on third and one to Callaway with five minutes left. That was incomplete. Run, when you had a chance to close the game, run the ball. Once again, bad play calling on Pete Carmichael. Dennis Allen's defense played perfect for literally 56 of 60 minutes. Pull the pin. Throw the grenade and start over. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. David Weil, Olave, Landry, and Taysom Hill all dropped catchable balls. You know, so Olave and, and, you know, Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry, yes, I agree. They dropped those. Taysom's, I think, goes down as a pass breakup because, you know, he did caught the ball. They put a heck of a lick on him and he couldn't hold on. And just like last week, 
when you say, hey, why are we throwing a, <laughs> a, a fade to Taysom Hill in the end zone on fourth down? Why are you throwing a seam map to Taysom Hill? Why? I love Taysom Hill. I think he's an excellent football player. I think he's a great guy to have on the team. I thought he had a solid game. He caught a touchdown pass. He's not the guy I want to throw to there. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. He only wears one glove. <laughs> he doesn't have the hands. Throw to anybody else. You just need a first down. Kevin Sr., when are we going to utilize Kamara correctly? He's not Derrick Henry. We can't run up the middle a few times, not have him flaring out for screen passes. He torched teams for years and expecting to produce numbers. We set him up for failure, and he's our biggest offensive weapon. Parentheses was. No, yeah, I agree. Why does is Alvin Kamara being used like a like a between the tackles like bell cow? It, it, it's just it's it's nonsensical. It doesn't make sense. Like you it, it is it is weird because typically your pass catching back would be your third down back, but with Alvin Kamara he's your first down back. So it's either he's a three down back or he's not used in in his best skill set, which is screens and little flare outs. And so yeah, it doesn't make sense. I agree, it makes no sense at all. And I've been critical of that all year, and uh, I'm critical of that today. David Wild again, Ingram over Kamara tonight. Was Alvin hurt? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know if Alvin's hurt. I don't know if he's just physically or mentally not in it. But yeah, something's up with him. Not normal. Winston Witten Sr. It would have been nice to see the O-line open up some holes and the defense stop playing 15 yards off the line when the opponent has four yards to go for a first down. I can't, I don't know about that second part, but yeah, I mean, the offensive line didn't block very well. This Bucks defense is good. Luke, scout with clout. I've been saying it since late April that we got to get, let go of of Loomis, historically, epically bad offseason. You know, I do think there's a question to be asked about Mickey Loomis. I was actually talking to a friend of mine yesterday and it was, about the Giants, but it is similar in the sense that I think that there is a difference. Like some GMs are good at being rebuild GMs. Some GMs are good at being, okay, we're good. How do we get better GMs? Right. And I'm not sure that Mickey is good at that second part. I just don't know. Like, I I think that he has a really good idea of how to improve a good team. I'm not sure that he understands how to, kind of rebuild the foundation of a team and, and build it up from from the ground. Because you haven't seen it, right? Like, I, I don't think he's going to get fired. But no, I think there are questions to be asked. And, and, and maybe you bring in front office staff, right? You look at what the Pelicans have done in the last few years, where they just keep adding faces and minds from outside the organization that can help in that regard. And I think that the Saints need to consider doing that because – the, some of the decision making, like you need more checks. You need more checks on how flippantly you're going to send a first round pick out the door, even if it means getting one back this season. Because the uh, man, you know, it's not like it's not like when it happened, everyone wasn't like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know, it's not like everyone was like, well, yeah, this is, this is for sure going to be a, a playoff team. You know, I I thought they would be competitive in the NFC South, and I think that was a big part of it. And and they they were right down to this very game, down to the last three seconds of this game. I think they had a chance to win the NFC South, and so for in that respect, sure, maybe that did make some sense. But I, I wonder how many voices in that room were like, should we do this? You know, because if there weren't any, then that's a problem. Because you need some people who can be like, 
guys, let's be realistic here. And I don't know if they if they exist in this front office. Yeah, it's Jeffrey Gilgreave, co-worker. So you probably weren't around, but these are the Saints I remember. Classic vintage Saints. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't around, but uh, I believe you. Chris P., I don't think we are going to win any more games. I disagree. I think you're going to beat the Falcons and you're going to beat the Panthers. Because <laughs> both of those teams actually benefit from losing. Because their seasons are done too. The, the, the annoying thing, the most annoying thing about this is the exact same reason it was annoying to watch Tom Brady sleepwalk into the playoffs with the Patriots all those years because the AFC East was so god-awful that like they didn't even have to be good. They just had to get to the end of the season and be like, oh, we have a winning record. Oh, guess we're going to be in the playoffs. And then they would win a Super Bowl because, like, they, you know, that's just how it works. And it's the same thing. Tom Brady has somehow managed to find another division where he doesn't even have to, the, the team doesn't even have to be good. They don't even have to win 10 games to get to the playoffs. They can just get there, you know, as by default. And, and meanwhile, the AFC East has all winning teams in it, <laughs> you know? They're going to have a team with a 500 record that misses the playoffs. In the, in the NFC South, all you have to have is a 500 record, and you're going to win the division by two games. And Tom Brady has managed to be in that scenario for so many years of his career. It's wild. It's wild. Good for him, I guess. He is, uh, yeah. Winston Witten, I don't see any imagination on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, you know, I've said this for a while. I think the first step you make this offseason is the step you should have made last offseason, and you find yourself an offensive coordinator who wants to innovate and want, you know, like go to the college ranks, right? I think that there's a lot of college coaches who would be willing to come up. Heck, go hire Joe Brady. Find somebody. Because Pete Carmichael, you know, I like Pete. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good guy to have on a staff. He's not a guy I want leading an offense. And obviously he was the offensive coordinator under Sean Payton, but everyone knows Sean Payton led that offense. I want to see them find someone who's going to give this offense an identity because it doesn't look like they have one. The Falcon season isn't done yet, buddy. They still have a chance of catching the Falcons. I don't even know what that means, Kyle. The Falcons are done. Come on. The Falcons are done. Are you kidding me? We don't have to sit here and pretend the Saints have a chance at this division. We don't have to sit here and pretend that the Falcons have a chance at this division. The Falcons are done. The Panthers are done. The Bucs are going to walk into the playoffs with a 500 record. Just accept it. It's going to happen. Tom Brady is blessed with the ability to just show up in the postseason, regardless of what happens in the regular season. Even the one year the Patriots missed the playoffs that one time, he was hurt. They still went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle as their quarterback. He's going to be in the playoffs every year. It's a rule. I don't understand it. It just happens, and it's going to happen again. I mean, who did the Falcons lose to this week? Let's see. I have it right here. Oh, the Steelers. Yeah, that great squad led by Kenny Two Gloves. They're not making the playoffs. Get out of here. This game reminds me of 2013 against Tom Brady. I don't, I don't, I don't remember that game. But yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's done this. You know, at least you weren't up uh, 28 to 3. <laughs> like, that would have made it worse if you lost the Falcons troll on top of this. Third, 16 to 3, that's two scores. It's awful, but it's like you, you can at least do the math. <laughs> He's done this to te- I mean, you go to the playoffs last year, right? The Rams won the Super Bowl. They blew, I don't know what the exact number was, but they blew a three-score lead against Tom Brady in the playoffs. He does this. That's why when they got the ball back at the 50-yard line with two minutes, two minutes, 40 seconds, and two timeouts, or three timeouts even, 
No, it was two timeouts. It was two timeouts because they did burn one on that last Saints drive. I was like, I, I was tempted to just turn the turn the TV off and just assume the worst because I knew you you knew you knew you knew that he was going to get in the end zone. I mean, God, it's just it's so it was such a helpless feeling. And you knew that players on the field felt that way too. Did anyone on that defense look like they were like, yeah, we're going to stop him here? <laughs> no. No, Tom Brady had it. Uh, you know, he had it the whole way. <laughs> Lloyd Riley, Dennis Allen needs to go get a CDL or something. <laughs> That's good. I appreciate that. I don't have anything to say about it, but it is funny. Thomas, everyone good with letting DA go after the season? Again, you know, if here, here's my thing. What happens when you fire Dennis Allen and you hire another head coach and they go three and 14? Do you fire them too? Honest question, because that's the scenario you set yourself up in. Because I don't think this team is built, is, is ready to win next year either. Like we can pretend it's all Dennis Allen. There are structural issues within this team that you have to fix before you can build back up, right? Like we can pretend all we want that Alvin Kamara 12 for 26 is Dennis Allen's fault. There's issues here, right? Your star players are not playing like stars and that's a problem. So like, I don't know if like we can pretend that a new coach would solve all of these issues. I think it goes deeper than that. And so sure you can hire a new head coach, but then yeah, you, you're, you're going to see struggles. A lot of times new head coaches struggle. So I don't think the Saints want to set that precedent. You know, what is that enough to keep him around? I don't know. But I do think that you have to consider kind of the larger picture of this might be a total teardown. You know, I don't think this team is going to go that route. It's just not in their nature. But I do think that there's a possibility that you're not competitive next year naturally, independent of whoever you bring in. And so you don't want to bring in a coach who, and say, okay, yeah, yeah, you're going to struggle this year, but it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's not what you want. So yeah, that's, that's the hard part. I'm not sure what you're talking about here, but yeah, I mean, the Saints have short yardage plans all year have made no sense. Dre Day, Buckstrap passes and overcame it. We could not we have to play perfect games. We cannot overcome anything. Yes, that is very true. You have to play perfect if you were the Saints. And that you're not going to win a lot of games if you have to play that way. And you saw that. Like the, the Bucs just messed around for 57 minutes and won. Think about that. Think about that. And they had the weapons to do it at the end. Like Tom Brady's throwing at Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, right? Even Scotty Miller, Kate Otten. Like these are guys who can catch balls. The Saints are throwing a taste of milk <laughs> in a pivotal moment. And he got open and it was a good throw. And he dropped it. It got knocked out. Anyway, Johnny Culpepper, let's talk about how pathetic Honey Badger has been. I disagree with this. Tyron Matthew is not the problem with this team. Everyone all season has been critical of Tyron Matthew. He has been fine, he has been solid. He's not the reason you lost this game. He made several good plays in this game. Like, he made a lot of big plays in this game. But for whatever reason, he has become the the target of everything. He's not the reason you lost this game, (laughs) right? Uh, I think he's had a solid season. I really do. And it's just kind of this idea that he's been bad, that everyone's like, oh, I saw him missed a tackle once. He must be playing like shit. It's not true. He's had a solid season. He's week to week to week. He's one of the highest graded players on this defense. (laughs) So it's, it's, this is not a Tyron Matthew issue. I think the issue is people expected a safety 
a five seven safety to be this all world player. And no, he's just an all he's just a solid safety. He's doing his job. I don't know. I, I, but I don't I don't understand the the idea of this like Tyron Matthew is is the huge issue of this defense because that's not that's not true. Shane Terrio thinks Alvin is upset about takeoff. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna delve into that. You know maybe, but hey, if he wanted to talk about it, we would listen. We have not talked to Alvin in weeks. He has not talked to the media in weeks, and he said it is. He said through the Saints flack that it is on advice of his attorneys. So it's not because he's upset about takeoff that he's not talking to us. So I can't give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe something is affecting him independent of the game of football because he has not talked to us to tell us that. So (laughs) DA has two years after this year because when Coach Prime wins a national championship, the New Orleans Saints would definitely hire him. I would take Coach Prime. I like Dion. Hope he, hope he does well in Colorado. I don't understand this all hate about him leaving Jackson State. You know, I, I think he he put them on a national stage, and I'd rather talk about this than the Saints. You know, I mean, what what what? Why is there an issue with him advancing his career? Get the fuck out of here! I don't I don't, I don't agree with all the hate, but yeah, you know, if he brings Colorado back to prominence, let's bring him in. Let's get Coach Prime. I'll take it. All right, let's get one more question. Let's get a good one, and then let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, show me your data. Show, show me your data. Get the heck out of here. <laughs> I'll just provide data. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, please show me your data. <laughs> I'll provide. I'll provide data. Oh god, that was a good laugh. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> I am dying to see the Tyron Matthew data. I really am. I need to see, do you have binders? Like I want, oh man, I hope it's collated. Give me that data. Oh brother. (laughs) Sorry. It's late. (laughs) We need more data. (laughs) I could use, give me the data. Give me all the data. Oh gosh. Good stuff. Tulane will upset USC. Yeah, I'm, hey, the, the same, you know, the saints have, have, Seated the New Orleans football mantle. It is now a green wave city. And I think they will. I think they will upset USC because I don't think Caleb Williams is going to play in that bowl game. And I don't think USC is that good. So, yeah. Hopefully they do. Good old Cotton Bowl. I don't even know what that is. Is it it Arlington? I think it's in Arlington. Here's one. Paul Edward. I got a question. What do you think of Deontay Hardy, Traquan Smith, and Marquez Callaway will be on the team next season? Here's a good question. Where the hell is Traquan Smith? Has anyone seen that guy? Is he alive? Is he in witness protection? Where the hell is Traquan Smith? I don't know. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, all three of those guys, those are your top three receivers from last season. Deontay Hardy will not be on the team next year. And I, I don't see any scenario. You know, you paid him $4 million this year on a, on a second-round tender. If you wanted to sign him to a contract, you would have. Rashid Shahid is going to take his job. And I don't see, I don't think you're going you're gonna to feel bad about that. He didn't do anything this year when he was healthy. So I think he's out the door. He's going to sign somewhere. He's going to get he's going to get paid as a returner. And he's a good returner. Saints aren't going to pay him. They've proven that they can. One of the things that they have proven they can do year in, year out is find that returner. And Rashid Shahid, as much as this game sucked, he's been really, really good. He's going to be a guy who continues to grow. If you look at if you want to look at a positive thing, Rashid Shahid, Chris Olave, you know, that is a really, really intriguing young 
duo of wide receivers that I think is going to be good for a long time. So there you have that. Marquez Callaway, he's clearly fallen out of favor in terms of what he's able to do on special teams. He was inactive the last two weeks. He was a non-factor today. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those guys are off the roster. I think you're probably going to end up with Marquez still on the team just because it's a team-friendly deal and he does enough and he makes nice catches and he contributes and, you know, so I think you're going to keep him around. But yeah, Traquan Smith, every year prior to now, you could say, oh, he's been hurt. And this year it's like, where'd he, where'd he go? Where is he? <laughs> Has anyone seen that guy? Yeah, we can talk about Tyron Matthew. You want to talk about a guy who's disappointed me? Jarvis. Jarvis Landry. Like Tyron... At least he's been out there. At least he has been constantly contributing. He's been he's played pretty much every snap of this season. Sure, he's missed a couple tackles, but he's also made some big plays, right? He has two interceptions on the year. You know how many the Saints have as a team? Three, and they got one today from Demario Davis. Like he's he's a guy who at least has been a constant contributor. He's been he's been in every single week. Jarvis has been hurt when he's been out there. He's been ineffective, right? Other than week one, week one you had a big game from him. That's it. That's it. That's all you've gotten out of him. And, you know, it's a, it, I think he's, he's the bigger disappointment in my opinion. And, you know, I love Jarvis. I think he's a great player. He has not been the constant contributor you thought you were going to get. Because you kind of went in thinking, you know, there's a chance Mike Thomas isn't going to be able to, to stick out this season, right? And that's why you brought Jarvis in. You're like, okay, they do a lot of the same things. Jarvis can fill in if Mike is unable to go. And you just haven't seen it. You just haven't seen it. And the, the positive thing I'll say, and Godson here says, I enjoyed our run with Sean Payton and Drew. The positive thing I'll say, and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were joking about this, is the Chargers. <laughs> sure look like a team that's going to need a head coach at the end of the season. <laughs> they lost to the Raiders this week. And, and, you know, the Raiders have won three in a row. Good for Josh McDaniels. He's saving his job. I think they're going to want to. They're going to want to trade for Sean Payton. So there's a chance that you're going to be able to get that first round pick back, and maybe you are able to get a quarterback. And maybe if you do get those assets back, and suddenly maybe you can attract some head coaches, and maybe that does change your point of view on whether you want to stick it out with Dennis Allen. So you know, if you are of the ilk of get rid of Dennis Allen at all costs, I think that. The Chargers going off a cliff is directly related to that. So keep that in mind. Just root against the Chargers is all I'm going to say. Anyway, all right. That's going to wrap it up. It's late here on Inside Black and Gold. Thanks, everyone, who listened. Really do appreciate it. I'm going to get off here. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks, everyone. I don't understand why so many people are in here so late after such a miserable game, but I do appreciate it as always. Thanks, y'all. Peace.